0: As you're listening to this episode, I'm a week away from stepping on stage in front of boutique photographers around the world for a once a year, three-day event, Go Boutique Live. It's the only event of this kind on the planet. After doing this event now for our fourth year, one thing remains my favorite part, the Yay Awards. At this year's event, we have more honorees who have reached the hundred k mark or more in their photography business from January through December of 2022 than ever before. Some are longtime photographers, and others just started their business a year or two ago. They are from different cities and states and countries all around the world, and I asked them to share what changed the game for them in 2022. You are going to want to listen to both parts of this two-part series. So here is part number one. I know you're going to enjoy it. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast. And I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast.
1: Deborah Lawrence with Abundant Moments Photography in the Kansas City area. A peak Performer Coaching Student with Sarah Petty Photography going on year four. Very excited to chat with you about the three biggest habits that I live by as a photography business owner that helps me to continuously fit, hit that six figure mark. So, the first one is stop. So, I have learned first by a forced thing called COVID, but I have learned that stopping and stepping back, resting assessing put me in a position where I was able to see what was broken, what was not working. I was going 90 to nothing. I was working 60 plus hours a week and I was making a very small profit on a large number. I was doing six figures before I met Sara Petty and I converted to a boutography, a, a, a botography. <laughs> listening to me into a boutique photography model but my profit was somewhere around the twenty to thirty five percent mark, and that's when I was working my butt at it. So I'm bringing in over a hundred thousand, but I'm, uh, you know, total gross. But my net was twenty to thirty five thousand dollars. That's awful for working sixty hours a week. So I thought I'm making good money. Why should I do it any differently? I'm not making. I'm bringing in. There's a really big difference between gross and net, right? So with COVID, I was able to stop and I got some rest. It forced me to, right? But then I assessed. And so now I've learned when things don't feel like they're working quite right, I need to stop. I need to step back. I need to rest, give myself a break, right? Do something that's fun, relaxing. I have a list of things, right? Where I can clear my head and I can go, okay, let me assess this. Failure is actually learning. How did I fail? Okay, great, let me learn from it and let me move on. So that's the first thing. The second thing is learning how to manage my time, right? So time management, and everybody's like, oh, time management, I just can't. Well, you can, okay? Some of it is delegation, right? Learning what you can delegate or outsource. Those are the two biggest keys for me for time management is not actually doing it, (laughs) right? You can manage your time if there's less things you're doing. You can't make more hours in the day, right? So you can take on less things. There are definitely things you can say no to. And so that's one of the first things I do is go through my list. What is really just not that important? Is it going to help me meet my goals? And what are my goals? So I identify those goals and I base my time management on the goals I'm trying to reach. Right? What can I outsource? What can I delegate? What is actually important? And then creating balance within that. If my day looks like 25 things and none of them have anything to do with taking care of myself, like exercising, drinking a lot of water, visiting with my family, giving my kids attention, if it has nothing to do with those things, then my day is misbalanced. If a day is forced to be misbalanced because I just have things I can't avoid, then I'm going to schedule time to Going back to the first tip, stop, rest, assess, step back. And then I'm going to manage my time for the next day based on A, how I'm going to reach my goals, but B, how I'm going to take care of myself because taking care of myself brings me to my goals more efficiently. If you can't take care of yourself, stop, step back, assess, then you cannot be successful. You have to assess your failure. You have to manage your time so that you can do well. The very last tip, number three, that I'm going to share is about combating head trash. So Sarah Petty talks about head trash all the time. And what does that look like for you? It looks different for everybody. And believe it or not, even the people that are really killing it with the $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 businesses, they will have head trash that creeps in. So it's recognizing that... There's a head trash moment right here, and I'm going to hit it head on. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to shove it down. I'm going to hit it head on. Okay, I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to walk myself through. Why am I feeling that? Is it true? If it's true, what can I do to change it? If it's not true, let's go ahead and rewrite it, and then let's repeat it over and over again, the reversed thought to replace the head trash. I have the manifesto that sits up in my office that Sarah Petty gave me and I read it over and over again daily. I read it so much that I basically know it by heart and I say part or all of it as many times as I need to before every phone call I make to a client, before every photo session, before every business portrait. I say that manifesto and it makes all the difference in the world. I hope these three tips were helpful for you. Have an absolutely fantastic year
2: hello my name is chloe of chloe atnip photography and um i'm here to thank sarah for helping me to get my 100k yay for 2022 um i was asked to talk on what one big challenge um, i made in my business last year to hit six f- figures and i would have to say That it was actually getting on the phone and talking um, with my inquiries that was a real big reason why I wanted to take her uh, mentorship last year for um, the ditch the digitals and um, I kind of just had problems feeling comfortable talking with the client and I was really excited to learn to with the scripts that she provided and the practices that we did I even would record myself in conversations um, on the phone with um, clients and kind of talking the new business model that she taught me Um, and it was really helpful I had a kind of funny accident that happened well uh, an incident that I moved into a new place um, during the middle of her program and I would not get really good audio um, cellular reception. So uh, I was really afraid to talk to clients and have dropped call and not be able to hear them. And so I um, decided I would use Zoom over the internet uh, to talk to my inquiries. And I was really nervous about it at first, but I kind of had no choice. And so it forced me to make a change that was a really big change in my business for last year. So I would send an email out to the clients and tell them um, that you know here is a a link if you'd like to meet on Zoom, it would be great for us to talk and go over everything. Uh, Also, just to let you know, I do specialize in maternity and newborn photography. So I find that a lot of clients um, that are pregnant are excited about this new journey and they have questions and they are starting a family wall and they want to talk about those things. And so um, they were open to having a Zoom with me, which I was not thinking that would be the case. And um, and I would, and another good thing that um, I kind of learned from Sarah was just kind of show them more as well. Being that since I was meeting in Zoom, that kind of wasn't what she recommended. She wanted it to be a, you know, in-person consult. Uh, So it was a little different from what she had been doing. Um, But it was kind of necessary in what I had going on because I had established business in Southern California. And my husband got a job in Las Vegas three years ago. And so we moved out here to Las Vegas and relocated. So I have a lot of clients that are still in Orange County that I service once a month. So meeting on Zoom was a lot easier. I would also say I had made some videos. I got involved with a videographer who made a set of three videos for me, which was kind of like me doing a newborn session in a client's home and kind of showing how I uh, set up the viewing presentation and showed them uh, later and this was all in one video, and then I created another video of me doing a maternity shoot uh, and showing them on ProSelect and kind of in the video of how I was meeting with the client after so that they can really put in their head that they would have the shoot and meet with me after to view the images and with the cool program I had. And then I had a third video that was all like the products that I recommended and sold, which was the signature products that Sarah recommends, such as the nine up, the four up, the three up, Uh, the album options so it really worked out well for me and i was actually had this particular client which i'll call my emily and she uh tried contacting me and wanting to book a session in about mid-summer when i was about midway through doing my new process and because of my new process i was having larger orders and having to you know order the albums create the albums like do the design layout for the frames so i was spending a lot of time with clients and getting used to trying to um, focus more on my clients that were purchasing uh, the products and things Uh, and i had emily she tried to contact me and wanted to do a maternity shoot And I told her, um, you know, unfortunately, I'm really busy right now. And I don't want to take more work than I can handle. Um, And I would suggest that, you know, I refer you to another photographer. And she was like, oh, okay. So I referred her to the other photographer. And um, not long after she called me back, her husband called me back and said that she was almost in tears because the other photographer uh, had a conflict in her schedule and double booked her and she really wanted to get in next week if anything I had available She just wanted to get in and I was I said well, you know I I I can get you in I go it would just have to be on this, you know day next week in time and they were like, yes yes, we'll take it and she came in and we did her maternity and She told me that she had worked with the photographer in the past and she had gotten an album and some enlargements and wanted to do the same thing with her third child. But she said, unfortunately, with her second child, all she got was the digital. And she was really upset that she the photographer didn't provide making an album or canvases and things like that that she wanted. And she wanted to do that also for her second child and wanted to know if I could make those products for her with the images she had. And of course, I said, yes. So by the time we finished her newborn shoot, um, we did the maternity and the newborn session uh, reveal together because of the baby coming sooner than expected and she had some complications in the hospital. Uh, so after that we met and I did the whole viewing presentation and had the price list that um, Sarah I worked on in her class. and worked on the pricing so that everything was cost at the prices they needed to be to be at a profitable business. And lo and behold, Emily um, purchased not only a maternity album, 10x10 maternity album, she wanted a 10x10 newborn with her daughter and the family. She also wanted to add another 10x10 album of her son, her second son that she never got. And she wanted to order three canvases of her daughter's uh, current newborn and then three canvases from her second son's newborn and um, that sale ended up totaling $7,000 so at that time I got my 5k yay over $5,000 and uh, that was super exciting and super exciting to see all um, that Sarah kind of had taught and prepared me for kind of come to fruition and a big thank you to Sarah and her team for everything they did to help me. And I uh, look forward to what 2023 has in store for me. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Beth
3: Hansis, and I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I am in my third year with Sarah's Peak Performance Program and it has truly been the best thing for me. Um, I've seen growth in my business and my personal life and I never imagined I could get to these six figure numbers so if someone were to ask me how I did get to six figures I would say it was all about planning for me it's like having a bird's eye view or roadmap for your business and there were two key parts of the planning that really helped me the first one is when we all sit with Sarah in January and she helps us look at the year overall like what campaigns will we work on who will we connect with what seasons and holidays are coming up And so on and so on. And when we were looking at that, there was one gap in particular that Sarah asked me about. And that was when my daughter and I go to my home state of Mississippi during a big chunk of time during uh, my daughter's summer break. And she asked me, why don't you do sessions over there? And then, uh, you know, I go back and forth, like I might spend a week over there and then a week back home and then back over there again. And she was like, you could do the sessions. And then when you go back, do the sales appointments and just really tap into that community. And she I I was amazed she had pointed out something so obvious, but it was potential opportunities that I'd completely overlooked. So the second part of planning that she has us do goes on year round and that's your 30, 60, 90 plan. This one is essential too. And what that means for me is working on your current project while always prepping for what is coming next. So for example, going back to the Mississippi sessions, I decided I wanted to photograph kids in a dreamy garden setting so I picked the dates and then created a timeline working backwards Um, I started in March I found a charity that I wanted to connect with for this Um, I then connected with the high-end children's consignment shop over there and told them what I was working on and I went and the owner helped me pick out some really beautiful dresses lots of tulle layers Um, some of them still had tags they were beautiful and since then, I found out there's some great dress rental places, too, for kids that um, some of the other students have told me about. And I might add that next time for this year. They're really beautiful. But also in March, I photographed a friend's daughter for samples that I could create to, for my marketing materials and also to create a large sample to display. Um, I went back the next month to the consignment shop. And I took that sample with me. It was a 24 inch framed piece, and it was really beautiful. The owner was super excited, and she asked me if I could leave it there for a while to um, help promote it and show people. And I left flyers with her about it. And she just she and the charity were super helpful in promoting it, and they were great to work with. So that is huge. I'm finding people who really want to um, help you and um, believe in what you're doing, and so. Two of the highest orders from that, one was $2,086, another one was $1,926, which was super awesome because these were people who were totally new to the boutique business model and they really loved the experience. So that was exciting. Um, A fun part about making it to six figures was looking back at what I'd made in the years before this, before I joined Sarah and since I joined Sarah and I really was giving it all away before, but um, in 2019, I grossed $18,436. Midway in 2020 is when I joined Sarah, and midway through the year to the end of the year, I grossed 27966 and that was during the pandemic. In 2021, it, ju- it jumped up to 84000 and in this last year of 2022, it jumped to 105,000. So I was super excited about that. But um, if you want to become a six-figure business, you have to push yourself and you have to make a plan. Sarah's an incredible leader and coach and gives you so many tools to get to where you want to be. She gives you the work to do. You follow the program. And if you stay on top of your numbers monthly, you can see what you need to do to reach your goals and make your numbers by the end of the year. So again, make a plan, know that you have to do the hard work, but as Sarah Sarah always reminds us, we can do hard things. The reward is coming and I wish you the best.
4: This is Erin Lackey. For me, one big change that I made in my business in 2022 to hit six figures um, was to plan out my projections, my financial projections for my business for the year. And what I did is I looked at my whole year calendar and I decided when I wanted to do certain um, events and certain kind of promotions. And then I also looked at how many family sessions I wanted to do, how many high school seniors, how many um, pet portraits I wanted to do. And I was able to look at all of that and make a financial plan and projection. And what that did for me is i I was able to look every day um and see whether I was on track or not um, to reach my goal and having that plan in place uh really helped me feel like the year was solid and like well like there was a plan because there was um and it helped me to not feel uh like I was kind of flailing or wondering if if maybe. Someday I would reach my goal. I had it on paper and all I had to do was make it happen and that was transformational for hitting my goal of six figures. These are some habits that I use routinely um, and I've fine-tuned over several years to um, for my own life. And, and five that really, really worked for me last year in hitting six figures. So yes, habit number one is my morning routine. I live by my morning routine. I am an early bird. I love to wake up early. My husband thinks I'm a weirdo, but I love it. Um, I usually, <laughs> I mean, I set my, my coffee pot to go off at 5 a.m. And so I lay in bed usually before five and I hear that coffee pot go off and I know, oh, it's time for me to to wake up and get going on my day. I usually do some reading in the morning um, and then I attend an early morning Joy Sparks. So that Joy Sparks has been so, such a good habit for me to go and to have that accountability and check in every day uh, with other peak performers. It's just been such a wonderful habit. And one that I believe really helped me to reach six figures last year. So that's habit number one is my morning routine. Number two is I send out notes of joy pretty consistently to my community, to people that I see doing really cool things on Facebook or if I saw something, um, someone post or talk about something uh, around, around town when I'm out and about or if I had a really great interaction with somebody at the store or like my my kid's dentist, like I'll send them a little note. And so that I think has really, really helped um, with my business as well, just really getting into that habit. And what it's done for me is to really see the, the good and the positive things. I'm constantly looking for the good things, or how can I send this person a note? Um, and I, And I love that habit. Uh, number three is my small group meetings and coaching, attending those regularly. So attending the the weekly meetings that we have, um, the, the coaching calls, um, in our group, um, in our peak performance group. And then also my small group meetings, we meet once a week that has been such a great habit, uh, for me, just consistency wise to be just to continue showing up, uh, that has really helped, uh, build a framework, um, in my, in my day and in my year. Uh, number four that I have a habit that I've been really that's really trying to work on <laughs> is um, is learning how to how to fail and fail well. Um, Ed Catmull is the president of Pixar and Disney and Pixar Animation Disney Animation Studios. He wrote a book called Cre- Creativity Incorporated, and one of the things he talks about, one of the quotes he says in that book is, "Fail as fast as you can." And what I love about it is it's taken a bit of the fear away from failure for me Um, instead of thinking that I have to do something perfect and have all my ducks in a row before I get started on a project um, or even before I talk to a potential client. It has helped give me confidence (laughs) in going, you know what? This might fail, but it's okay. The quicker that I can fail, the quicker that I can learn. Uh, what didn't work, what did work. I'm using it as a, as really as data and as experience and helping me to learn um, what is working and what's not. So really getting in the habit of failure has been, has been very good for me and a good habit for my business. Uh, Number five and the last one for me, and it kind of ties back into number four is just Um, the habit and commitment to get uncomfortable. Uh, For me, um, I really enjoy my quiet time. I am, that's one of the reasons why I wake up so early in the morning. Um, I have three children. We have two dogs. We have chickens. We have cats. I'm sorry, we have one dog and two cats. Um, But man, it feels like two dogs. She's a lot. Um, But our house is pretty pretty noisy throughout the day, so I really enjoy my quiet time. So to get out of my house and go to networking events, getting uncomfortable, and going to places where I don't know people or where I have to speak um, and introduce myself and talk about my business, uh, it can feel so vulnerable to share what, what you do um, with the world. However, I have found that the more that I can get uncomfortable, the more I commit to getting uncomfortable, getting in that habit of just going out and being uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I, I won't say it actually feels better to be uncomfortable, but it does feel more um, like I'm used to it. I don't know. It's, it's a habit now. So that feeling of being uncomfortable um, is, is definitely a habit that I have implemented into my business. Um, also, I will say too, one of the other ways I get uncomfortable is through self re- self-reflection and really looking at things that I did in my business or that I had an interaction with a client. Maybe it didn't go as I had hoped um, and kind of diving into that uncomfortable space and doing some self-reflection um, I'm such an advocate for, for, you know, improving ourselves and figuring out what makes us tick and what makes us work and how we think. And so I'm such a, um, advocate for, er, I, I love going, hearing people talk about, um, going to therapy and going to therapy. I've gone to, um, I have our local therapist here in town. I I've seen her for years. And so that's just been a huge, um, habit of getting uncomfortable learning about ourselves and, um, in turn being able to, um, be better business owners altogether. So yeah, those are my five habits that I live by. And I hope that they will serve me well this year, um, to do even more, uh, in my business and have even a bigger financial goal this year. So anyway, that's it. Thank you for allowing me this time, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Bye.
5: So one of the things that um, was a big change for me that made my business become six figures in 2022 was I added extended families, um, and I made a point of when I was booking the extended families, I had conversation with all the point people so that they knew where my pricing was. And... Um, if I didn't speak with them, I made sure that it was very clear to the point people that here's my pricing. We were going to do each ordering session individually, whether in person or on zoom and that I didn't want anyone surprised. So I really worked really hard with my clients to make sure that there was no, um, surprises when we sat down. So my two largest sales for the year was um exactly that like we really like hit it hard beforehand doing all the work to make sure that um everyone was on board and knew the pricing so that that was there that was the first one um another one was that I raised my prices that was like huge um so that my average sale went from 3000 to anywhere between four to 4,500 per senior specifically with my seniors. So, um, that was a huge piece of what I did, um, as far as like really kind of leveling it up. Um, and then some habits that, um, help me or I choose not to do. Um, one of the things is I sit down, if not Sunday evening, every Monday morning, and I plan out my entire week. Um, So I sit in front of a calendar that has by hour um, chunked out. And so I will say like on Monday mornings from 9.30 to 10.30, I have my small group. Uh, At noon, I might be attending or hosting one of the peak performers um, meetings that we have, the trainings. So I make sure I leave time for all the things. And then I also put in like, my appointments for the week, whether they're personal or business, and then I also make time to whether it's read um, for 30 minutes or go for a walk, all those things. So I make sure to include all of that. Um, and then I um, also make sure that I have systems in place so that from the time a client first reaches out to me to the last point person, like it, everything's like we don't skip anything. So we always have a seven B's. We always have a consultation. Um, sometimes we may have two or three consultations beforehand because we're not just talking about like for a good fit, but we also look at locations. We also look at like, um, with my seniors, their outfits so that we can plan out what outfit goes with what location. So kind of really in depth with that. Um, i would say that some of the things the biggest thing i may have made a habit of not doing anymore is i don't look at local photographers marketing or their social media or anything they're putting out there so that i don't scroll and go down that rabbit hole of comparing myself to a photographer who might have beautiful images but is not boutique and is shoot and burn so that has been a big Um, mind shift for me and also a big help in not getting down on myself. So I choose to not look at the competition and what they're doing because I'm very different. So I find that's very helpful. And then I also know that I am serving clients. So um, one of the things, another habit that I chose to start doing was getting involved in networking groups here in the last year. So that has made a huge difference we're having the um, big networking group that i'm in for women specifically their big brunch this is the this a- second annual um, brunch that they're having in march and um, i was very fortunate to be part of it the uh, first year and i'm considered a founding member so that has helped open doors and just help get local support and promoting any kind of thing or event that i'm doing i always would suggest Everyone getting involved in some kind of networking group um, and making those connections. Those D-100s are huge. And I drug my feet for a long time on that. And I could kick myself for doing that, but I'm doing it now and it's making a huge difference in my business.
6: Hi, my name is Brittany and I'm a photographer in Texas. Um, I have had my business for six years now and I've hit the six figure mark for years. Uh, Sarah asked if I would share a few habits that I live by as a photography business owner to continually hit the six figure mark. I would say that the first habit um, I continuously live by is do the hard thing first. So, um, or eat the frog, as they call it. Um, I've just found that if I have something on my list that I don't particularly love to do or I'm dreading, um, the more I put it off, the more it just amplifies the dread. Um, So I've just started implementing a system where when I start my day and get going, if I have something on my list that is a frog, I do that first. And um, it just helps to uh, get the tasks out of the way that need to be done that we don't always want to do and also helps the rest of the day just feel so much better. So I do that quite often. Sometimes there's a phone call that I'm dreading or an email I don't necessarily want to send or a connection that I'm scared to reach out to. And um, doing that first just helps me get it done, um, puts it out there, and I always feel so much better afterward. Uh, I would say that the second habit is um, outsourcing to save your time and sanity. Um, I feel like as business owners, we think that we have to do everything because we're the one running our business and no one else is going to do it for us. So we have to do everything. And while that's true in some ways, I feel that it's not always true. And there are things that if you don't love to do it and it sometimes eats up a little more of your time than it should, why not outsource it? So I um, have started outsourcing some things in my business, particularly some editing things that I don't love to do or just take me more time than they would if I were to just send them off to another company or person to get it done and pay a few dollars and have that time back in my pocket. I think outsourcing is really important, especially as you grow and scale up in your business. Um, There's just not enough time in the day to do everything we need or want to do, so um, picking the things that you love to do and focusing on those and outsourcing the rest is key. The third habit, and I would say the most important in my opinion, is continually investing in growth. I just think it's so important to um, invest in both professional and personal growth. Um, I make it a point every year to go to a conference or some kind of workshop to refine my technical skills and up-level my photography as well as investing in my business and refining my sales and my processes and becoming a better business owner in general. Um, so Sarah Petty's Peak Performance Program has been instrumental for me. It has helped me grow my business in ways that I never thought would be possible um, and going into my fourth year and um, just having that community and that support and The mentorship from Sarah has been um, instrumental in growing my business over the last few years. Um, And I also believe in investing in yourself personally. Um, I think that in order to run a successful business, we also need to take care of our personal well-being, our health, our mind. So I believe in also investing in that. I personally work with a life coach who is incredible. She's my biggest cheerleader. She's my accountability partner. She's that person that is there to help me dig into those limiting beliefs and the head trash when they come in and help me get out of my head and back into my business. She pushes me and gives me little nudges to take those leaps and do the things that I don't always want to do or I'm a little scared of and um, she's there to help Help get me out of my head and back into my life. And um, I also invest in my health and um, personal training and having that accountability. I just think that um, if you have a goal and you know where you wanna be, but you're not able to get yourself there by yourself, having those people behind you and having that support to push you to that next step and that next level is key. Um, I can't say enough about investing in you and your business. That is something I will always do. Um, I just think that it's so beneficial when running a business. Um, another habit that I live by um, and continuously do as a business owner is networking. Um, and Networking hasn't always been my favorite thing. I'm definitely more of a self-proclaimed introvert. I tend to shy away from large groups of people, um, always felt like I was a little awkward in front of people, but I quickly learned when running a business that if you don't get out there and network and meet people and stay involved in your community, your phone isn't gonna ring. Um, things, things are not going to happen by living under a rock. Um, so I pushed myself to get out and start networking Uh, About two years ago, I really dove in head first and just started by going to one event and meeting one person and talking to one person that I didn't know and starting to grow my network that way. Now I'm at the point where I go to an event at least once a week, even if it's just a ribbon cutting with my chamber or another networking group that I have found in my local community, it just helps to have all of those connections and a a group of people that you can partner with and work together in your community. And some of them will turn into clients and open up other opportunities and doors that you wouldn't have had before. Um, if they don't turn into clients, oftentimes they turn into a great word of mouth. Even if they aren't your client, if you're out there and networking and meeting people, and continuously going to the events through your local chamber or a BNI and i group or something like that, you're going to be top of mind. So the person that you meet there may not be a client, but when they know of somebody who's looking for photography or something that you offer, you're going to be who they think of and recommend. So I just definitely think that networking has been a huge part of my business that has helped also move the needle forward. Um, I would say it's become a habit where um, when my local networking groups and chamber release the events for the month, I pick the ones I want to go to and I put them on my calendar before um, I do anything else. And then I kind of work my schedule around that just so that I'm exercising that muscle. I keep going out there. I keep talking to people and I keep getting better. Um, I just think that you know to continuously be successful and hit the mark you want to hit in your business, you have to just keep growing and working toward it and um, doing things that make you uncomfortable. I would say those are my top four habits as a six figure photographer that have really helped move me forward in my business and um, get me to where I want to be.
7: Hi. I'm Sarah Rostotsky, and Sarah has asked me to share some of my habits that I've used in my photography business that's helped me to achieve six figures. And I have done that consistently for 23 years now. So I have put together a little list for you. Number one, I make a business plan. I am really consistent with making a business plan at the beginning of my year and planning all aspects of my business To ensure that I'm kind of reaching my goals every month, helps me keep a close eye to what my plans are. I usually have a good idea of like some of the people I want to work with that year. And so I really like to start off my year planning it from January to December so I kind of know what to expect. Number two... I make a wish list of people I wanna work with and then find a way to reach out to them. So it ends up being like a, a, a constant list that I keep adding to. And sometimes when I actually end up meeting the people or talking with the people, they aren't a good fit for my business. So this list is constantly um, changing. Uh, But it's kind of nice to have a list and have a vision um, for the different things that I would like to uh, do with certain people and how I would like to turn them into my client. Number three, I work with charities to help raise money at auctions. I'm a second generation photographer. So in our business, this type of support within our community was started before I ever actually got involved in our business. We've all been always been supportive of auctions in our community. And we find that a lot of our clients are really involved in a certain charity or another. Some of them will be on the board or they chair different charities. So we like to be able to be involved and be able to help um, support our clients in being able to give artwork to um, sell at these uh, galas and auctions. It gives you a room full of people that are looking at your artwork and hearing about what you do and they are getting to see that some sometimes in the room there's um, people that have used you as a photographer and they're getting to see that you are a supporter of the same charities as them so it gives you a nice connection to new clients and um, then the people who purchase the things at the auction will become a new client for you as well. So it just gives you a great chance to be able to give back and get involved in the community, which I really do love. And that's an important thing that's important to me. And so I find that giving at an auction, I'm always able to give a little bit more than I would as my own person. But it also gives me a chance to help grow my business at the same time. Number four for me is... Constantly learning, I like to give myself a chance to grow and evolve and be inspired. um I find that that helps my artist within. And so I'm consistently getting better and I'm consistently coming up with new ideas and fresh ways to do the things that I love. And I find that that helps um, keep my clients with me because it's always something new. It's always something fresh. I have always got new ideas. So I really enjoy uh, being able to be educated and to learn um within our within our community but also learn from a lot of things around me. So I, I like to travel and I like to kind of get outside of uh our profession and look at um high end beautiful things that are sold in other types of uh professions. So just kind of keeping my brain constantly learning and being inspired Uh, by the things around me has helped me uh, be consistent with keeping my business successful. As I was kind of putting my thoughts together for these, uh, for Sarah, I did ask my family what they thought. And my 14 year old daughter said, well, dad loves to make new friends. And so he's always making new connections that help bring people into your business. And that's true. My husband and I work together as a team and part of his favorite part of the day would be meeting somebody new. So he's um, very great energy to have in the room uh, to meet these people and make friends and kind of um, figure out who they know that he knows and what they have in common. So I find that that having that in our relationship, in our business has worked really well because we do make great connections with people and become friends in some cases with our clients so it uh, kind of helps us create a lifelong um, relationship with our client and if we just want to finish it off the one thing that I've definitely had throughout my whole career throughout my whole life in fact is a coach or a mentor so Sarah I've been with Sarah for a very long time it's always important to have somebody um, in my world that is just a slightly ahead of me to help inspire me to help um, correct me and to help uh, you know to just keep me sharp so I find that a mentor or a coach is the absolute probably number one thing that has helped me kind of attain what I've been able to achieve over the years so thank you Sarah
0: I firmly believe in taking business advice from people who are where you want to be. So if your business hasn't hit six figures, I hope these tips can help you if that's a dream of yours. And I'll be back next week for part two of this amazing series. Hey, photographer. I've been dying to share some pretty big news with you and now I finally can the only three-day event in the world for boutique photographers is back this coming February 28th March 1st and 2nd of 2023 it's three whole days of nothing you've ever experienced connection learning growing and renewing your passion for your boutique photography business and the best part Go Boutique Live is happening online, so no plane ticket or hotel costs, no travel hassles, just you and me and a killer lineup of incredible speakers pouring into you and your business for three whole days. We will be interacting live, chatting, answering your questions, and immersing you in all things boutique. Not to mention you get a big box of really cool boutique photographer swag too. Tickets are on sale now, but there are a very limited number of tickets available for the 2023 event. So grab your ticket now at goboutiquelive.com. That's goboutiquelive.com. And I can't wait
5: to see you there.